10 News Conference continues with Joy Fox, a Democrat who's running for Congress. So Joy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, I wanna ask you because you do live in the second congressional district. Mm -hmm. Many of the candidates do not. What's the importance? Um, deep understanding and experience. So I grew up in Cranston. I live in Warwick now. My parents still live in the house that I grew up in. I went to Rhode Island College and I run a small business here. And I think that alone gives me just a deeper and a more unique perspective on what's facing the families in the second congressional district. Um, and in my career, I started as a, as a reporter at the Cranston yeah. Herald and we were just saying that I worked here a little bit on the desk, on the assignment desk. Uh, and then I served in government. I served for Cong with Congressman Langevin as well as with Gina Raimondo, both in Treasury and in the governor's office. So for three reasons, my lived experience here, my commitment to really getting deep into the community as a reporter and listening, and then working to make a difference on behalf of all Rhode Islanders serving in government and now running a small business here and, and trying to be a part of the, the economic force in, in Rhode Island. Now, as I mentioned, some of the candidates that are running for the same seat have no real experience with the district, at least living there. Mm. Should they be running? Um, I think it's important to live where you want to represent. And when I'm out talking to people, that's what I hear. I was in East Greenwich the other day and I went, went out to shake a guy's hand. And before he even shook my hand, he said, where do you live? It's really important to me that the person live here. And another experience with a woman who lives in Coventry and grew up in Cranston. And she was, you know, how can you possibly think that you know who we are if you're not part of the community every day, if you're not waking up here, walking your dog here, um, and just being out in the coffee shops and so on and so forth. Because that's where you hear so much, right? That's how you learn your community and understand what the challenges are, but also the successes too. So, so Joy, those people that you spoke to, clearly not the ones being pulled by the Boston Globe because that poll came out and yeah. it showed that uh, Alan Fung is really leading the race right now. And one of the major reasons is they're saying that he's appealing to these independent candidates. Can you appeal to those same voters? Yes, most definitely. How so? Um, my lived experience, it's very different than, than Alan's. Um, again, having grown up here, um, my work experience now running a small business, I know what it's like to, um, to have to pay health insurance and take care of your employees and it's both terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time to run a business but that alone sets me apart from alan um, in addition to my experience i mean i've worked in every office that he's either held or he's that he's wanted i've worked in the treasury i've worked in a governor's office and i've worked on on capitol hill in washington dc so i know i can hit the ground running and that's also what makes me the most competitive democrat against him uh, so why general. does it seem like voters independent voters specifically are favoring him instead of you i don't think there's a wide margin there I think um, once we get out there and start really talking to people, one thing that I do find too is people haven't started paying attention. I was out last night talking to people and I said, what have you thought about this race in general? And um, they kind of look at me and smile and I said, you're right, you're enjoying your summer. It's a beautiful summer night, I get it. I'm a little more obsessed. We're a little more obsessed <laughs> yeah. about this than, than most. I so. think anyone would agree with yeah. that. But um, you saying that there's not a wide margin, there really is in this race right now, at least according to that poll. And I know that this is only one huh. poll, but it shows right. that you have 8% of the vote. Magazine or the Democrat in yep. this, who's really leading the race has 30%. So mm -hmm. some may question, you know, why are you still in the race with just 8%? For the 45% who are undecided. Um, I think that, again, like I just said, 
talking to people. Um, the conversations are fantastic and it's wonderful to hear what's on their minds, but they're not focused yet on this. And as you know, um, we're just getting into the season. We're in the final sprint to the September 13th primary. And this is a grassroots campaign. I've been out there on people's porches and their front yards and their backyards and their living rooms. And we're just going to keep doing that and working really hard. And, you know, you also have to recognize where I started from. People told me I, I wouldn't register in any poll. Um, and here we are. We're right in the thick of it. And I feel really great. Unfortunately, political races are usually driven by money. You know, mm -hmm. we all know this. Yeah. Will you have the campaign fundraising to stay in this race? Yes. So you are getting in donations? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about some of your past political experience because, like you said, you do sure. have a lot of it. And um, you're a former Langevin staffer, yet he endorsed Magaziner. Mm -hmm. Should voters read into that? Will no. they read into that? I, I can't speak for, for the voters. Um, look, no doubt about it. It was disappointing that he came out for my opponent. Um, but my opponent is also the safe establishment candidate here. He has the establishment behind him. I represent something different. And if you want something different, you need to change who you send to Washington. That matters. Voting matters in that way. Um, but I'm really proud of my time working with Congressman Langevin in two areas in particular, serving the people of the 2nd Congressional District. One, unpaid family caregivers. My dad has Alzheimer's. My mom is his primary caregiver. We'd be absolutely lost without the Cranston Adult Day Center. We need more families to be able to keep their loved ones at home. So I'm proud to be able to have worked on that, but continue that legacy as well. And secondarily, on completely the other end of the spectrum, cybersecurity. Um, not only is it a tremendous economic development and job creating opportunity, but as we've seen in the last few months in particular, it's a matter of national security and service. And he really led the way on that. And we need to keep keep that momentum going as well. And that's a huge vulnerability. So you do have some experience in that. Yes, Let's yes. talk about some of the other issues. Uh, term limits. How do you feel about them? I think we need to explore them. Ultimately, the voters are the ultimate decider there. But yes, it's important to make sure that we are constantly having new voices coming in. Um, there is benefit to maybe eight to 10 years to just for the structure of Congress. But I do think it's something we need to seriously, seriously explore. You don't think we should keep voting the same people in over and over? Well, and that's over to your point, <laughs> voting the same people in. So right. the people, the voters, that's where really it's, it's about having conversations like this, being on front porches and backyards to make the case. And if you're making the case and the voters keep voting, then that is what democracy is all about. Okay, so it sounds like you're in support of it if voters are in support of it. No, I'm in support of term limits and exploring it separate and apart from the voters. I'm saying the ultimate decider is on is, is the voters. <laughs> voter, All yeah. right. Uh, we can't not talk about inflation right now. Right. It's at a 40 year high. The consumer yeah. price index that came out the other day was it's flabbergasting really yeah. to think that prices are this high right now. And yeah. people are angry, you know, they're yeah, frustrated. Totally. And Congress isn't really doing much about it. So what would you do if you went to Congress? Yeah. Um, I share that frustration. I'm sure you do too. We both have to drive to work every day and fill up our gas tanks and buy groceries. It's unacceptable and we do need to do more. Um, I talk to my friends all the time. My friend's grocery bill doubled the other week. I've got a friend who's become remarkably good at managing her stop and shop gas points, for example. Um, but there are two tracks that we need to take care of. One is the short term. Look at windfall profit taxes. Um, look at price gouging. Look at some of the things that worked for families during the pandemic, like the child tax credit and um, paid family leave, extending those. But then we also need to look long term. And I believe this economy will be in transition for a very long time. So what we need to do is make sure that Rhode Islanders 
are prepared for that continual transition. And for me, that's making sure our education system is strong, that's making sure that we have paid workforce development opportunities, paid apprenticeship programs, and it also means tackling affordable access to healthcare as well. All of these things drive up into a long-term strong economy, and that's what we need to be focused on. So both short-term measures, but then looking out um, long-term as well. Now, a lot of people are blaming Democrats and President Biden for inflation and just the cost of everything right now because you know, that's just how it works when you have Washington there and they're not really doing much. And a New York Times poll found 64% of Democratic voters want someone other than President Biden to run for office in 2024. How do you feel about that? Look, I think this is an incredibly difficult time to lead. Um, we do have to look at some of the successes that he's had in terms of the ARA uh, money that came into Rhode Island that helped here with our own state budget, um, the infrastructure bill. But no doubt about it, there is more work to, to be done. Um, and if he decides to run, um, again, I think it's up to the voters to decide. And for Did him you to vote make for that Biden? Uh, yes. Do you plan on voting for him again if he does run? Um, I think so, yeah. Right now, I mean, a lot can change, but yeah. Would you like to see another Democrat come out? I, it's too soon to tell. I'm focused right now on this race. Okay, let's get to some more of the issues. We have about one minute left. Um, Congress recently passed some gun legislation, and it was the first legislation with gun mm -hmm. control that's been passed in a very long time. Mm -hmm. What would you do if you went to Congress? Um, continue down that road. We need to continue to strengthen gun safety measures um, at the national level. An assault weapons ban, a high-capacity magazine um, ban as well. Um, and we've also done some great work here in Rhode Island, so we need to take that, those successes again and bring them down to D.C. to show people how it's done. I also think, um, you know, this is, a, this is a devastating problem that we need to solve. When the Texas school shooting happened, you know, I've got a nephew who's going into kindergarten next year, and my sister-in-law texted me and said, we have got to solve this. So I think it, it is on all of us to look, you know, there's, there's a couple ways to do this in our community, making sure that we're paying attention to each other and talking to our neighbors, making sure that community sports are there, especially around mental health, making sure too that we're collecting the data that we have to make these cases to say, this is why this keeps our communities safe. And um, those are some of the things that I'd like to tackle. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Joy. Great. It's been a pleasure having you. And Thank hopefully you. Uh, we got some information out there to voters today.